This is Season 1, Episode 6 of the Steady Trade Podcast. Today is the final episode of Season 1, so we will be reviewing the most important concepts from the first five episodes as we review the Wolf of Wall Street to tell you how accurately they represented the world of penny stocks and day traders in this movie. We'll also be announcing our lucky Season 1 prize winners. If you didn't win this time, don't give up. We will be back with Season 2 starting in November 2017 with an all-new giveaway contest and, of course, all-new episodes. Thank you for joining us for Season 1. Let's wrap it up right now. Take a listen. Once upon a time, there were two guys, Tim and Steven. This is the Steady Trade Podcast. It's the Steady Trade Podcast. I hate that guy. One was a skilled, experienced product trainer for Stocks to Trade Pro. The other, a student of Stocks to Trade Pro and a bloody handsome one at that. Probably the most handsome student on the course. I hate that guy. And one day, Tim and Steven started a podcast and... They called it the Steady Trade Podcast, and they recorded six episodes, and they were called Season 1, and they wanted Season 1 to be a starter course, of sorts, for people who wanted to learn more about day trading penny stocks, and they talked about a lot of things, the difference between day trading and long-term investing, or why they prefer to trade lower-priced stocks, and what it takes to become a consistently successful trader. They talked about the importance of scanning stocks, finding a manageable number out of the thousands available, and some of the tools used to identify the best stocks to trade. And They talked about the importance of news reports and other catalysts that can potentially move a stock, and the importance of having a trade plan and how to escape from bloodthirsty lions in a jungle, and how jungle lions are much more rare and vicious than the old boring priory lions and finally they reviewed the movie the wolf of wall street we all know that movie and the australian actress margaret robbie listened to it good day margaret hi boy and she heard the most handsome voice she had ever heard i mean mine obviously i hate that guy and she cried real actual tears not any of that fake actress like she cried for days and weeks and months because she knew in her heart that she could never have him never 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 but she wanted him so bad and then one of her friends told him all about it she got on a plane and flew him and then I don't even know what on earth are we talking about this is the Steady Trade Podcast, powered by Stocks to Trade, with hardworking, battle-scarred veteran Tim Bowen and pie-in-the-sky daydreamer who still can't quite master his fidget spinner, Stephen Johnson. Take it away, guys. Hey, everybody. Tim Bowen here, and welcome back to the final episode of Season 1. Before we start our discussion about the Wolf of Wall Street, I want to announce our Season 1 contest winners. Over 3,000 people entered this contest, and we came away with 11 winners. Five people won a giant box of Tic Tacs. Even the Tic Tacs, my wife would love those when I came home. She'd be like, press, press. <laughs> so congratulations to Jeannie, Keith, Liz, Scott, and Garcelle. May your breath be minty fresh from this day forward. Five other people also won some great prizes. So congratulations go out to Kristen for winning the Bose headphones. Oh my gosh, thank you so much. That is awesome. I'm so excited to talk to you guys. Thank you so much. To Ryan for winning an Apple Watch. Oh, cool. You don't already have one, do you? I do not. Okay, and you're not one of those like crazy anti-Apple people, are you? Uh, nope, I'm actually talking to you on an iPhone. Perfect, perfect. To Craig for winning an Oculus Rift virtual reality bundle. Nice! Wow! I mean, that is totally a futuristic thing, like VR virtual reality. Oh my gosh! That's sweet. That's so sweet. To Marissa and Nick for winning a laptop computer. It would be nice actually to have another one because sometimes he like pushes me out of the way. We're fighting. We're rolling on the ground. I usually kick his ass, but usually no, don't publish that. You don't <laughs> To Tim, not me, or Tim Sykes, for winning a Samsung TV. <laughs> that is 
so awesome. I don't even know what to say, guys. Thank you so much. Oh, wow. <laughs> I don't actually even own a TV. <laughs> and special congratulations to our grand prize winner, the Steady Trade Season 1 greedy little bastard, Isaac Boone. Isaac, I'm sorry. Uh, we are just playing a game with you right now. You have actually won the Tic Tacs. Awesome. <laughs> But we will. In, in, in addition, in addition to the Tic Tacs, you have indeed won a 55-inch TV, a Dell Inspiron laptop, an Oculus Rift, Rift VR bundle, an Apple Watch, Bose Soundport headphones, and oh my gosh! As much as I am so excited, you're a Stocks and Trade Pro member, which is awesome. I, I couldn't believe, and we did a totally random. Totally, you know, we did a, a number generation, completely random drawing. I love that you're an STT Pro member, but the beauty of it is you also get your uh, membership extended by a year with another free year of Stocks to Trade Pro on top of your existing. Oh my gosh, that is incredible! That is awesome. Isaac, Thank you, you so much, you greedy little bastard. <laughs> <laughs> So 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 what we so what we got to do is and you might have already said it as as to kind of wrap this up I need you I need you to just tell me tell Stephen and I both that you know we, we want you to confirm and say it in your words that you are indeed a greedy little bastard. I'm a greedy little bastard. That's the best kind of day trader right there. The greedier you are, the better you make as a trader. Stephen and I had a really good time talking with all these winners, and you will get to hear those conversations in bonus mini-episodes that we will publish over the next few weeks before the start of Season 2 on November 6th. So keep your ears peeled for those, and thanks again to all of you who entered to win. We will be doing this again really soon for Season 2. So now, let's finish up Season 1 with a review of The Wolf of Wall Street. Welcome back to episode six of the Steady Trade Podcast. In today's episode, we're going to kind of bring it all together, everything we've been talking about in the previous five episodes leading into today. We've got a bunch of great stuff to go over today, but the main learning uh, and educational point of today's episode is actually executing a trade. We've talked about why trade low price stocks. We've talked a little bit about charts. We've talked a little bit about catalysts. Now we've got tons and tons and tons more to go over, but really now we've got a lot of the cogs in the wheel ready to go. And now we want to actually go over actually executing a trade. And, and, and just because, just because you know how to execute a trade, it doesn't mean you should execute a trade. There's a difference, right? Yeah. So you've basically, I've, I've, I've often joked about all you need is a $500 laptop and a $500 brokerage account, and you can enter trades, but that does not mean you're ready. So obviously you do need those things. Now there's a lot of brokers out there. We don't make specific brokerage recommendations, but uh, you know, you know, you could Google penny stock broker. Uh, there's a lot of resources out there that will tell you what broker is applicable to you based on your account size, based on your experience. But you do, you need a brokerage account in place. You do need a computer. And then you've got, those are really, I mean, it's very oversimplified, but between those two things and then an information and charting platform, which obviously at the Steady Trade Podcast, we are powered by Stocks to Trade. So we are a little biased and recommend Stocks to Trade. But those three things, a brokerage and account that is funded with some, you know, whatever discretionary income you have to trade with, a laptop and Stocks to Trade, you are ready to go. And, and just learn a few days before, don't be too over eager, learn what the different types of executions are, the stops, the limits, yeah, the buys, I mean, the, the sells. Again, again, there's a lot to go over, but you know, the other nice thing, keep in mind with Stocks to Trade, is we also have a paper trading module, which is a great tool for new traders uh, or, or, you know, maybe you're you're just getting started in this journey and and you're not ready to risk real money which is totally great i say take it slow 
I often say you can spend a couple years to learn how to trade and then you can do it for the rest of your life. So many traders try and rush in and, and get there too far too fast. And that is one great thing of stocks to trade. When I say paper trading module, it is a tool that allows you to actually execute trades, the, the, the same mechanics of buying and selling, position sizing, everything, all these things we've talked about without risking real money. Now, your losses aren't real and your gains aren't real either, but it's just like practice it, and, and, and it's important to actually get the mechanics down. Yeah, no, for sure. And it's, and it's something I probably wish I did more of. Uh, this either paper trade, if, if you can, um, if you can really stick to it and have the discipline, which you should really have the discipline to paper trade before you actually go into real cash. Uh, or just trade really small amounts. Yeah, and that 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 is again, you know, again, we're not financial advisors, but that is another good angle. Um, I've often, you know, advised guys that you know, even if if you're that new and you don't want a paper trade, you should be trading very very small sizes. You know, uh, you know, a couple hundred shares. You know, money that you can that you can risk. Just like money you would risk if you went on a vacation or something, you know, purely discretionary income that you can use to get that, again, the mechanics of actually executing trades. Yeah, like I said, once I, I got ahead of myself and I lost, lost $500 in one day on PLUG and, and I spent the day in bed the whole day upset <laughs> and I didn't, I didn't eat. I didn't eat. I'm not joking. I don't want other people to not eat and spend a day in bed. Yeah. <laughs> so check out. Paper trading, again, if you're new, and this is a great way to implement what I'm about to talk about. So execution, execution, execution is the theme of this episode. So remember, there's a, a, a stock entry. So we're going to talk about buying in this episode. We'll talk about short selling more in the future, but just for the sake of brevity, um, we're specifically going to talk about buying a stock. I think Pretty much everybody understands that if you're listening to this episode. You're looking, if a stock is, was at a dollar yesterday and it's at a dollar fifty today, you're looking to potentially buy that stock in hopes it goes to a $2 or $3. So we'll talk specifically about going long and buying stocks. So the way I approach it is I always use the long-term chart to guide my decisions. Maybe that's a one-year chart. Maybe it's a five-year chart. But technical analysis, I've talked about it in previous episodes. History doesn't repeat, but it rhymes. And if I can find a stock that has broken through key levels in the past, and again, ideally there's news that I'm going to look to target those key levels for entries. I'm not just going to randomly buy at any price. I want to hit a specific level that that stock has ran through in the past. Yeah, and, and what I'd also say is sometimes uh, a good tip from a, a, another trader that I've met is let it break the level and let it come back down and let it support on that level. And if it supports on that level and then starts to push off it, then it's another sign of strength. Yeah, totally. That is what I, you know, that's what I call, uh, I often say letting the stock prove itself. Um, a lot of, a lot of new traders will, will incur a lot of losses because they want to chase the stock. They, they, they get bit by what's called FOMO, F O M O, the fear of missing out. So you come in in the morning, you're ready to trade. You've had your coffee. If you're like Steven, you've had your quaaludes. You're fired up. You're ready to go. You see the stock running, and as soon as it hits a dollar fifty, you know, in my example, you buy. The instant it hits a dollar fifty, then the stock pulls. You stop out. You get frustrated, and you're like, "Hey, the, buying these moves doesn't work." But what Steven's talking about is you let that stock run. Watch it. Be patient. Don't buy at nine thirty one a.m. Let it break that level. Let it settle back and see if that dollar fifty level now becomes support. Now, ideally, we get into the afternoon, into power hour. That stock starts lifting off dollar fifty. That's your entry. That's what I call letting the stock prove itself. But but also, what I found as well is the majority of the time, no trade is the best trade, and 
for some reason, I can't remember the movie too well, but if you remember Groundhog Day. Yep. And I can't remember. Who was the actor's name in Groundhog Day? It wasn't Tom Hanks, the Bill main Murray. guy. Bill Murray. Bill Murray. Right. Bill Murray, was, Bill Murray was in Groundhog Day, right? And I'm not sure what the correct ending was, so I'm just going to make it up to suit this story. <laughs> but, but, but Bill Murray kept on doing a crazy thing, having a, having a crazy day. Where the the waitress the waitress would drop the, the food on the table, then you'd end up driving on some train tracks, and and he kept on repeating the same day on Groundhog Day, and it was Groundhog Day that was repeated. But the thing is, though, like sometimes I feel like with trading, it's like you've just it's a very 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 slow process where you've got to repeat the same mistakes and repeat the same day over and over and over and over again, just to slowly slowly slowly, um, develop your sense of not to chase. To be more disciplined, to resist human urges, to resist basic human instinct, and it, it's like a refining process over the, for me over the over the last year, just to refine and blunten my emotions. Yeah, and I mean, there's so many sports analogies. You know, it's like if you think about you know if you, if you pick up golf today and, and you've never golfed. I mean, do you expect? you know, to, to hit par, or do you expect to play under par? You know, you're going to have to swing that club hundreds, thousands of times, and you're going to hit shots into the woods over and over and over again. But if you stick with it, you make good trades, you, you know, you refine your trades, you review. Okay. One of the reasons I think I'm still a crappy golfer. I was, I was golfing 25 years ago in high school is I go out I hack around. I don't ever like think about, okay, what did I do there? Did I widen my stance? Did I narrow my stance? I never think about it. I never review it. So hence the reason 25 years later, I still stink. And if you, with trading, if you keep that journal and you stay disciplined and win, lose, or draw, you sit down with yourself with your notebook at the end of your day and you say, what did I do right? And what did I do wrong? That's how you get better. Yeah, I'd also say with golfing, I don't know any good golfer who's not had lessons, who's not had proper exactly. lessons. Yep. And it's, it's the same with trading. Like if you don't get taught by someone and you don't get education, you're going to have a crap swing yep. forever. And, and me, I like same with my dad. My dad's crap. He's been doing it for 30 years, and he's terrible. He's a terrible <laughs> golfer still. He's like, Stephen, how do I still go around in 100? I'm like, Dad, because one, you're quite old, and two, you just don't get lessons. You repeat the same mistakes, and if you don't have an education in trading, you're going to not even know the mistakes to know that you're repeating them because no one's going to tell you and no one's going to show you the right way. So that is, you know, that's really what I what I want to kind of finish on when it comes to actually executing that trade. There's so much more beyond just having a laptop, beyond just having a brokerage account, beyond having hopefully you have stocks to trade to help guide you, but you really need to be able to look for key levels on the chart. You need to be able to fight the fear of missing out, and you need to be able to say to yourself, "I want to buy this stock." let's go back let's loop back to my example it spiked from a dollar to a dollar 50 in the morning you didn't want to chase in the morning you were being disciplined you you were determined to wait till 2 p.m which is normally when momentum stocks kind of wake back up there's the midday low we'll talk about that a lot but you were disciplined you waited you saw that stock base at that dollar fifty level all day. Maybe also use a technical indicator that we use a lot. Maybe it's VWAP. Maybe it's a moving average. Now the volume starts to come in, which is the trading volume, number of shares. The stock starts to percolate day, and then I know it's not fun. I know it's not sexy, but you have executed based on your plan because you said in the morning, if this stock bases perks in the afternoon then I will buy and I will risk my stop loss. Remember, no trade is a, there's no such thing as a trade plan unless you've set your risk. Then you say if this stock fails to break out, drops below that 150 area, I will stop out for, say, in this example, $0.10 cents a share, $0.15 cents a share. Now you've stuck to your plan. You've waited hours. I know that sounds boring and dry, but you've executed, executed, executed on your play. Now, ideally, the trade works, spikes into the close. You take a nice profit. You finish the day happy, but vice versa. The trade fails, doesn't work. You stop out for a small loss. You say, damn it, I followed my plan. 
I'll be back tomorrow. Yeah, and, and, and it's like you've got to follow your plan as well because when you follow your plan, it's like you're in England or you're in America and you know what time the bus comes. Everything's going to work out okay. Everything's straightforward. Everything's sensible. You've planned it. You know, you know your route. You know where you're going. Uh, and you know your left turn and your right turn because you, you've, you've anticipated the moves. But if you don't follow your plan, if you decide that something goes out of, say you, you decide your stop should be at a certain level and it goes below that level and you think, well, I'll just stick in it anyway, then you may as well be in Japan. You yep. may as well be in Africa and you're lost and you don't know where the nearest toilet is and you need the toilet and it's panic time. <laughs> And I tell you, you know, you, uh, hopefully I haven't drove the listeners nuts with this, with this adage, but 90% of traders fail. I say 90% fail because they don't have a plan and they let that small loss, okay, back to my example, instead of losing 10 or 15 cents a share when the stock fails, you know, so instead of losing $100, $150, they then start justifying they didn't have a plan. That stock gets ugly. It closes weak. The next morning, it gaps down. It gets even uglier. And now, instead yeah. of losing $100, they've lost $1,000. Their account is cut in half. They're frustrated. They're angry. That's why traders fail. So imagine that. You've lost $1,000. You're frustrated. You're angry. And you're in Japan, and you haven't got a flight home. <laughs> <laughs> that 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 is the proverbial up the creek situation right there. All, all the losing traders are in Japan with no flights home. <laughs> Other in Africa. No, but seriously, you just you you're in a world of pain and you're lost. And everyone does it. There's no point thinking. There's no point saying I'm not going to do it because right. you will do it. You've done it. I've done it. It's just how many times. How, slowly over time, how how many less times can you do it how can you get better and do it less so again that is the kind of what we wanted to finish up with on execute 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 you know uh, i think a lot of great things in these sex episodes we we really laid your foundation we've got a bunch more coming but what we kind of want to focus on next is maybe have a little fun but some education at the same time and we're going to go over the Wolf of Wall Street. We're going to kind of watch this movie. Stephen and I are going to comment and, and, and relay how it is applicable to you as a day trader. Now, the, the movie There's a is, lot to learn from this guy, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the movie is based on Jordan Belfort, which, um, you know, is a very, I'll be politically correct, a very sketchy character. Um, I don't know how many embellishments were made in the movie. I'm sure in typical Hollywood fashion, there were many, but... The truth is that that you know he was behind the manipulation of of, of stocks back in in some of these pump and dumps, and there's a lot of lessons to be learned there. Now, ultimately, he let you know success go to his head. He you know took the easy money, took the easy route, got involved with a lot of shady characters and drugs and everything else, and. Hence the story arc of the movie. He ends up falling at the end, but uh, but, but, but there's to, still to, to, lessons to be learned directly to trading. Can, can I just can I just stop you there? Because Tim, you seem to have a bit of a negative a negative tone about Jordan Belfort. And I mean, if I if I was going to look at Jordan Belfort and if I was going to describe him in a few words, I would say uh, hero, <laughs> uh, aspiration. Well, Aspir like someone I'd want to become. Do, yeah, would, would you not? Do you not think I want to be that man? Yeah, I mean, I guess, you know, if, if your goals include um, divorcing, you know, you're getting divorced by your beautiful wife, uh, having your children most likely hate you, uh, being a convicted felon, spending time in prison, being a drug addict and hated by pretty much everybody in day trading, then, you know, if, if those are your goals, then, then yeah, I would, I would recommend emulating Jordan Belfort. But 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 do you not do you not think though like maybe you could become Jordan Belfort just but just be a bit smarter and then not get arrested and still do all those things and uh, then you'd be better. I, I think guys have been trying to do that since the beginning of time, Stephen. I don't know if it has ever worked. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but but again, there are some definite like real market mechanics in the Wolf of Wall Street, and uh, you know we're going to go over that now and maybe have a little fun with this and and also be educational. Okay, cool. So most people don't know what day trading is or even who day traders are. 
They see movies like Wolf of Wall Street where they hear about penny stocks for the first time, and then they jump to a lot of bad conclusions, in my opinion. No, but honestly, like that, that for me is the thing. Like People don't know what penny stock day trading is, and then you, you will see the, the Wolf of Wall Street, and like if you think that's what Jordan Belfort did with penny stocks, then it's dead, dead wrong. And it's also dead, dead sad for us because, like, honestly, I am not a dishonest, coked-up, win-at-any-cost person. Like, I'm not a money-grabbing asshole. Um, but, like, the guys in Wolf of Wall Street are, and, and that's where there's a massive, massive misconception. Yeah, and, I mean, there's a lot of important differences between, you know, what we do and what they did on Wall Street. Yeah, we're trading the same interest instruments, but, you know, we're not – we're not trading other people's money. I call it OPM, okay? There's actually a movie, a Danny DeVito movie called Other People's Money about this exact topic. And there's a big difference between what we do with our own money or what you might do as a potential day trader with your money and what they're doing on Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah, like like I'm I'm not that guy. I, I forgot the name. We'll, we'll watch the movie and we'll get into it. But I'm not like Roger Cooper, Sterling, or Sterling, Sterling Trader, or whatever it was. Like we do not ring people up and say like you must buy this stock. We must buy this stock. You must sell this stock. We're going to keep your money. What we do as day traders is we make our own decisions. If I lose money, I lose my money. Like on Wolf of Wall Street, they make money from other traders' commissions or by influencing other people to take a trade and taking a percentage for the recommendation. But for us, like we're free agents. We can trade on our own responsibility. And if we lose, we'll lose. If we make gains, we make gains. But we don't make gains off other people's losses. And a broker like Jordan, he will take advantage of his clients. And a day trader has no clients. Uh, and we can't really take advantage of ourselves unless we want to cannibalize ourselves. So for us, the Steady Trade Podcast, it's to help educate you so that this doesn't happen to you. Nice. I like it. There's your lion. I like it. The world of investing can be a jungle. Bulls. Bears. Danger at every turn. That's why we at Stratton Oakmont pride ourselves on being the best. Can I just say immediately, like, penny socks... Like, we do not manipulate companies, we're just day traders, but other penny stocks, they will act like this, they will try and feed day traders and investors and penny stock investors the most bullshit ever to get them to invest in a company, and, and it's up to day traders to buy it. Yeah, remember, yeah, yeah, I mean, that, that's something a lot of people don't realize is, you know, one of the things that's great about penny stocks, but, but what you don't might not know is 99% of these companies, all they want to do is sell stock. They are all going out of business. They are all terrible companies. They need to keep selling stock every day. Well, not every day, but they need to keep selling stock on regular intervals to stay in business. So they will sell you an infomercial exactly like this to get you to buy stocks. And that actually happens in penny stocks a lot where they have those fake infomercials to just to get you to believe in the company. And, and, and the funny thing the is stock. like, we will still buy the company. We will buy absolute scams, but you've got to know that you're buying a scam and yeah, we every buy day, scams maybe. every day, but you've just got to know that you're buying a scam and you need to get ready to get out of it quickly because it's like a ticking time bomb. So they talk about in, you know, right in this intro, the, the difference between bull and bear markets, you know, we're in a long running bull market right now, which I love, but you know, Steven, you're, you're one of the, you're obviously the younger guy. You probably were in elementary school the last time we had a bear market. So, you know, in that context, Steven, do you know the difference between a bull and a bear? The bulls are from Spain and the bulls have the, the horns on them and a bear. The, I think the bears are more North Canada. No, is that correct? Well, I, I think there's bears in a lot of the world, but but no, that, that, that wasn't what I was getting at. Is... You're, you're, you're talking about the trading reference, are you? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. okay. Do, do, do I need do I need to set it up a little better for <laughs> you? You know, do, you, do I, I've got my daughter has some stuffed animals. Would you like me to show you some visuals of, of like a little bear and a bull? Or? No, no. I, I mean, I just I just I, I understand what you're saying, but when I think of a bear, I think of like a, a great big. Roar! I think of that great big towering Canadian maple leaf eaten syrup Canadian thing. In Canada, you have bears, right? The dead, well, the dead uh, yes, there are. 
there there are bears in North America, including Canada. Remember, I'm not in Canada. Now you now you're pulling the the American viewpoint where you just think that the rest of the world is one big country. Can, can I just say one thing though? Sure. Thousand pound polar bear. Are you going to ask us why I'm saying it? Go on, thousand pound polar bear. <laughs> okay, okay. Why are you saying thousand pound polar bear? Something to break the ice. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> ah. I, say, I say it to girls every week. I hate that guy. Something to break the ice. You get it. You get it. <laughs> Some, all you can say is something so, to break the, break the support level <laughs> if we're trading stocks. <laughs> So in the traditional, you know, you know, if you're you might and, and, and actually some of the listeners might hear that a lot, might hear bull markets, bear markets and wonder what the what the actual definition is. And, you know, there are a lot of guys look at it differently. A lot of analysts look at it differently. There are certain time frames that will that will come into play. But really, for me and for day traders, when we talk about a bull market or a bear market, we're just talking about the overall markets that are steadily uptrending or steadily downtrending. So, um, and when we get bullish, when we want to buy stocks, we we we, we really want to you know take long positions. We love bull markets, and when we're you know when we're looking to get short stocks, we do that in bear markets, which are steadily downtrending markets. So, and that's the beauty of day trading is is we're versatile. We can take advantage of any market. My name is Jordan Belfort. I'm a former member of the middle class raised by two accountants in a tiny apartment in Bayside, Queens. No, 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 no. My Ferrari was white like Don Johnson's in Miami Vice, not red. See that humongous estate down there? That's my house. My wife, Naomi, the Duchess of Bay Ridge, Brooklyn, a former model and Miller-like girl. In addition to Naomi and my two perfect kids, I own a mansion, private jet, six cars, three horses, two vacation homes, and a 170-foot yacht. So, so what, 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 what they've done there and, and what, what Jordan, a.k.a. Leonardo DiCaprio, has done is set up exactly the kind of the the age old sales pitch for trading stocks you know you know he's got a ferrari he's got a yacht he's got a model wife he's got a multi-million dollar mansion so that is what that is that is basically the lifestyle that he's going to try and sell to his potential to his clients and that's what gets so many traders in trouble is they come into it with the expectation that they're going to get rich quick there's a reason we call this the steady trade podcast, okay? We're taking a realistic, you know, uh, uh, grinding type approach to trading. We're, we're never going to tell you you're going to be, you know, make a million dollars and have a Ferrari and have a, have a yacht and a mansion within a year or two. Maybe you can over time, but it takes time. You're not getting this lifestyle. Don't let anybody convince you of that. But I like that because anything worth having uh – takes time to get and and, yes. and nothing like i mean you, you might get the extremes like um stephen docks who makes like a million in in 11 months but most of us average humanoids uh it takes much longer and i like for both of us it took a, like for you it took a, like maybe one to two years and for me i'm just yep. getting some sort of consistency after a year uh a little over a year it takes time and yeah jordan belfat it's it, it's the first example of him being a dick. So, ironically, <laughs> you know, we, if you flash back to episode two, where we went over our, you know, our friend Tim Sykes' interview with Larry King, Larry actually asked him, "Well, well, why do you post pictures of your Ferrari and your and your travels around the world and and supermodel girlfriends and everything?" Well, you know, Tim made the point that you know he's trying to inspire you with the possibilities of of trading. Yeah, and I mean, like, for me, I saw him traveling around the world, and I thought, I want that lifestyle, and that lifestyle must be possible. And and then, at first, maybe I thought, well, can I get in a year? And then I realized, no, I probably can't get in a year, but can I get it in 10? I probably can get it in 10, but I think you need to be, you need that uh, that excitement to be first drawn in, and then once you get into it, you realize that you enjoy the process, and then I'm, I'm happy to take five, 10 years, if it means I have that freedom later. Money doesn't just buy you a better life, better food, better cars. It also makes you a better person. You can give generously to the church or political party of your choice. So Jordan makes a very good, very, not a very good, a very interesting point there that I see in often in finance 
and often in like true crime, like CNBC American greed stories is these guys make so much money. They're, they're drug addicts, they're jerks, they're doing illegal stuff. And they simply think just like Jordan said, Oh, if you give, if you give some of that money back to charity, you're a better person. Well, I'm sorry, Jordan, you're not a better person just because you put some of your money into charity. You're still a drug addict. You're still a piece of crap. And I see it all the time in trade. Again, watch, watch American Greed on CNBC, a great, great, uh, uh, series. And you'll see every one of these degenerates is donating to charity because they think it somehow cleanses their, their soul. So Tim, I mean, the way that Jordan Belfort speaks, it, it seems crazy the way he's behaving. I mean, like from your experience being from the States, having seen Wall Street before, I mean, because this does not happen in Stocks to Trade Pro. Everyone's pretty humble. Everyone just wants to get on with making money. Like, is this, does this happen in real Wall Street from your experience? You know, again, I don't know any, you know, I don't personally know any billion dollar hedge funds, you know, guys, but, but I do know that this culture does exist on Wall Street and it is the exact opposite of any interaction with anybody I've ever had, whether it be in Stocks to Trade Pro or other trading communities, you know. The majority of them are, are, they're like us. They're, they're average guys, average gals. They're just looking to supplement their income. You know, they're not looking to, to do coke and, and, and hire prostitutes, you know, and they're not worried about power. You know, you know, Jordan mentions that, that he can eviscerate his enemies with money. I'm not looking to eviscerate any money, any, any people with my profits. I want to provide for my family. You know, I want to go on vacations. You know, I want to have freedom. That's why I trade. Yeah, and I, I think it's all about getting a little bit of money to get by, not about ultimate domination and power. And that's the <laughs> difference, right? That's the difference. Yeah, again, I think, you know, we're obviously watching this movie and talking about it, but I think everybody pretty much knows how this story ends, and that's not how I want my story to end. <laughs> you are lower than pond scum. You got a problem with that? No. No problem at all. Good, because that is what you are, pond scum. Your job is connector, which means that you will be dialing the phone over 500 times a day trying to connect me with wealthy business owners. So this is, you know, what what they're doing is, you know, this is a boiler room. They're doing cold calls to try and sell stocks. So, you know, Jordan's entry-level position is he's just running through a Rolodex making calls, which was very common back in the day, but actually still exists. Have you ever you ever gotten a a, a, a call like that, Stephen? No, no, it's pretty crazy. I mean, I guess coming into trading in the last year, I've never had the call. I've never had the kind of the brochure promoting the stock. I've, I've had the emails that I've signed up to for the yep. with the penny stock newsletters, but, but that's it. I've never had the call. You've had the call? Yeah, yeah, I've, uh, you know, I've had, uh, you know, a lot of the times what they will do and a lot of the calls I've gotten is they will, what they do these days is they'll actually call you with like a real stock. Like I've gotten a call from yeah. like Home Depot, Home Depot or whatever, because what they're, tr- they know that people are wary of these stocks. So what they try and do is they get you into like a real stock. They get and you interested. Get one, they, get, yeah. they get you the taste. Then they pitch you on basically exactly what jordan belford's doing a low price stock so but the, but the good price the good point with us is when when we're pitching ourselves low price stocks we're the ones who lose the money so mm-hmm. we're, we're accountable and that's the difference so one of the reasons you know i i push that point of of having your own ideas is you need to own your trade idea and that's where the plan comes in i will never i need to find that stock myself that's why we talk about the process that's why we talk about looping through 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 and you got to have your own ideas because if you don't you trade stocks that aren't your ideas you trade tips you start justifying you overstay and it never works i have to say the 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 thing that's really frustrating at the in the first six (laughs) months of trading is that you don't know enough to make your own plan like you don't have enough knowledge to make a good plan so you kind of naturally do follow other people's plans because it takes a good six to nine months for you to have enough information to accurately think well i've seen this before this should happen yeah, and that's why you got to put in the reps and you got to put in the time because you know everybody is sold. You know, you know, I'm sure I have no doubt that people watched Wolf of Wall Street, and actually, I know this from from people I've talked to. I mean, there was a big boon in in day trading 
uh, brokerage accounts opening after this movie ran because people see that lifestyle. And I tell you, if you come into it with a get rich, mind quick mindset, you will fail. Yeah. I mean, there might be flaw. one out of a million that, that, that do it, but you got to come into this as a trade, as a, a skill. And like you said, Stephen, I mean, it's frustrating because you're looking at all these stocks and you can't decide. So then you start looking to Twitter, you start looking to subscription services. I know plenty of guys that sign up for every newsletter looking for picks, but um, it's not sustainable because what are you going to do? Are you going to take their picks for the next 50 years? You know, yeah. it, it, it doesn't work. You but, know? It, but it's also like you can convince yourself thinking, I'm going to make it, I'm going to make it, I've got something different. And then you look at all the numbers moving up and down in the market and then you think, shit, I'm in the jungle. I actually don't know what I'm talking about. And you get that fear, <laughs> that panic. And that's why, again, take your time. Steady, again, I know I say it a lot, but there's a reason we call it the Steady, steady Trade Podcast. Yep, we, we should say it. We should say it together. The uh, Steady Steady <laughs> Trade Podcast. Podcast that worked. That was great. <laughs> okay, I think we works. might need to rehearse that a little bit. Okay. You want to know what money sounds like? Go to a trading floor on Wall Street. This, that. So I couldn't believe how these guys talked to each other. I was hooked in seconds. It was like mainlining adrenaline. So what Jordan has happened there is what happens to many, many, many new traders. The juice. The action. Um, and that's what brings a lot of guys and gals to the market. And hey, man, if you're coming for juice and you're coming for action, you're going to have a hard time too. No, but I mean, the, the juice and the action is there, but you've got to know how to manage it responsibly. Like if you get inspired by the glitz and the glamour and then you start looking for the juice and the action without the education, then you just, you're done for. Cause yeah, yeah. you can have it, but you've got to have it in a year's time. <laughs> you've got, Oh, uh, Oh, and, and there's passion and there's energy. I mean, again, you know, if uh, you've been in plenty of stocks to trade pro sessions where it's the market open and there's six stocks moving and I'm screaming and yelling. I mean, it's fun. there's, yeah, yeah. They're, they're, and that's what makes it interesting every day. But you need to have a controlled and a disciplined approach to that, you know, um, no different than, again, I use a lot of sports analogies. I mean, uh, Tom Brady is playing in the Super Bowl, and there's sixty thousand people there, and ten million people watching. But he's got a there's action, there's cheering, eh, but he's got to focus on what's happening on the field. Exactly, and, it, and it's how long, how well can you control the action? How well can you manage yourself in a stressful environment and hold the discipline to cut the loss, to not take yes. the trade, to take the right trade? It's how well can you can you perform under the lights? And, and the longer you're under the lights, the better you get. I mean, that's my understanding of it. That's how I've adapted and, and still do adapt. Number one rule of Wall Street, nobody, I don't care if you're Warren Buffett or if you're Jimmy Buffett, nobody knows if the stock is going to go up, down, sideways, in circles, least of all stockbrokers. So if you've got a client who bought stock at eight and it now sits at 16 and he's all happy, he wants to cash in, liquidate, take his money and run home, you don't let him do that. Because that would make it real. Right. Now, what do you do? You get another brilliant idea, a special idea, another situation, another stock to reinvest his earnings and then some. And he will every single time because they're addicted. And then you just keep doing this again and again and again. Meanwhile, he thinks he's getting rich, which he is on paper. But you and me, the brokers... We're taking home cold, hard cash via commission. So, again, what they're talking about there is, you know, again, this is very different. Even though we're operating in the same ecosystem, what these guys are doing is very, very different than what Stephen and I are doing. Any day traders are doing with their own money. Remember, all these guys want to do is sell. They want they want you in and out of stocks as much as possible because they collect commissions every sale they get a commission. They don't care if you lose money. They don't care if you make money. I mean, they would, they would prefer you make money because if you, if you do good on the trades, you'll keep coming back and they'll be making commissions. But they don't care. They don't care what the stock does. They just want you in it. And, and there's just the other thing that I want to say is, I mean, we're saying at the start of this that Jordan Balfour is, 
he's a douche, he's a bad guy, I don't want to end up like him. But I would pose the argument that, and it's, it's something to do with morality, I mean, is Jordan Belfort morally a bad person, or has he been corrupted by Wall Street? Because right now, he, he's a bit greedy with money, but he's not a bad person. He's just said that it's advantageous, isn't it advantageous if we make money for clients too? And yeah. isn't Wall yeah, Street and- corrupt, or is he, yeah. is, is he morally wrong? Like, because you- I think Wall Street has corrupted him. And he maybe initially wasn't a bad person. You know, obviously, we're not told the whole story, but but I think you're totally right. Is is you know, he, he talk about you know uh, walking into a lion's den. You know, he has he wants to be successful. He mentions he has a young bride. She cuts hair. You know, he has all these grand aspirations, but he's now dropped in with this wolf. You know, the wolf of Wall Street. And yeah, is it his and fault or is yeah. it the system's fault? And he's just become, he's becoming the person that he's speaking to now and someone else will become him and it's a never ending chain. And, but I mean, can you relate that back to penny stocks? Does that relate to us? I mean, I, I think not really. I mean, for us, it's just you, you work and you get what you put in and it's, what do you think? Like, there's, there's yeah, no I Jordan mean, Balfour you know, of penny stocks, really, is there? I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean, we talk about eat what you kill. That's what I want to do. I don't want to collect. I don't. I don't. I don't want to collect money off of of your trades. You know, I want to make my own trades, and you know, just getting people to buy stocks is is nothing that I don't think any of us would be interested in. We want to be able to do it ourselves. That's that's why you Googled you know, uh, uh, finance podcast. And that's probably why the listener found us is they want to learn how to do this themselves. Yeah. So just, just to make the major distinction, I think it's with this, it's, it's taking money from other people for, for advice. But for us, it's, it's just, it's an education package. It's you going on a self developmental journey. I'm Jordan Belfort. I'm the broker from Rothschild, New York. Yes. Yeah. Have a seat. How are you? But we're uh, we uh, Quotrons, yeah, computers. No, no, we don't even need computers here. We just trade right off the pink sheets here. Pink the, sheets? Uh, yeah, they're penny stocks. You know, uh, companies that can't get listed on NASDAQ, they don't have enough capital, their shares trade here. Penny stocks? So, so what's interesting, Jordan's now being introduced to penny stocks. Now this other character here mentions that these are stocks that can't be listed or are unable to be listed on like what we call like the big boards, which is the New York Stock Exchange or the NASDAQ, um, which is commonly referred to as the OTC markets. Now, the OTC markets kind of come and go. They were pretty strong a few years ago. But in modern nomenclature, we still consider uh, you know any stock under – Five dollars uh, a penny stock, and it could be on many, many. Actually, right now, probably the majority of the yeah. stocks Stephen and I trade are Nasdaq stocks. Yeah, and it, and it's funny because I don't know if you know the difference between like how do OTCs and Nasdaq stocks like trade differently? Like, because I, I, apparently there is a difference. Because for me, with OTCs, like the over-the-counter bulletin board stocks. You seem to get a lot of green candles in a row and then a lot of red candles in a row, but NASDAQ are more choppy. Is that the way it is? Yeah, you know, because again, remember OTC stocks are traded, you know, you know, by physically, you know, basically by actual traders where remember that, that doesn't really NASDAQ happen though, right? That doesn't really happen though. Does that really happen? Yeah. It, is well, it true? I mean there there is still some yeah, there's still some of that going on, but the difference with NASDAQ and NYSE is I mean it's fully electronic trading. Every there there's you know, there everything is done by computers. So just a question that I have that I'm sure lots of other people will have that maybe you can answer is why can you not get out of OTC stocks when they're having red candle after red candle, but you can get out of NASDAQs? Is it literally because it's over the counter? Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's just so much more liquidity. There's so many, you know, again, all of your trades are executed electronically. And there's, you know, there's just so much more liquidity is the term in electronic, fully electronically traded markets like NASDAQ or the NYSE. Okay, fair enough. Because like the Bitcoin were heavily volatile, but you still couldn't get out. Yeah, I I just I just don't know why. But 
that's actually one of the reasons, I mean, again, I, it does not bother me one bit that OTC stocks aren't in vogue anymore because you run into that type of stuff. You can be right, but you can't get out, and then the stock bounces or the stock spikes or it drops, and you're, you're basically trapped. Aerotine. Aerotine, yeah. Very hot stock right now. Yeah. Yeah, there's just a couple of brothers that are making radar detectors out of their garage. They're out in Dubuque. Maybe it's microwaves. I'm not sure, but you call the company's main line. Their mom, Dorothy, answers, and she is so sweet. The company. I actually don't know what else to I don't know anything else about them other than that. <laughs> Six cents a share? Oh, come on. Who buys this crap? Well, I mean, honestly, mostly schmucks. The postmen, there's always postmen. Right. Uh, plumbers, um, they see our ads in the back of uh, Hustler and Popular Mechanics, and our, our ads actually say they can get rich quick. <laughs> yeah, this is just a really good point that there, there are actually investors who believe in these companies, and it's quite unbelievable. And that's where Sykes is different and Stocks to Trade Pro is different, is they will teach you how to capitalize on the momentum. They'll never tell you to invest in the stocks. Yeah, I mean, I know we, 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 one of our episodes, we spent focusing on fundamentals and catalysts. But when you're talking about, in this instance, a six cents a share stock or a 60 cent share or a couple dollar stock, we will trade the catalyst. We will act on the catalyst. But I do not believe any, any of these companies will succeed. The failure rate is so high. There's opportunity. There's trades to be made. But never, ever yeah. believe in any of these companies. Yeah. And Sykes said it on Larry King in a previous episode as well. He was like, the only penny stock to make it was um, True Jeans. And none of yep, the others True have made jeans, it. Yep. So, so something that that Larry King and, and Sykes touched on was, you know, you know, uh, Larry asked, well, "Well, if you don't believe in these companies, you know, how do you make money? How 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 do you profit in trading them?" And just like this shady character in Wolf of Wall Street saying, "There's always people that 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 want to believe. There's always the the bag holders. Remember, we call them. It's the postman." It's the other whatever he mentioned that are willing to buy these stocks. And remember, it's supply and demand. If there's buyers, the price will go up. So, and in a, in a way, it's a little bit counterintuitive because, like, why would you want to invest in a company that's failing? But it's it's like it's not that business model that we're kind of subs- subscribing to. What we're, what what we're trying to subscribe to is chasing momentum and piggybacking it, and it's just a completely different model. Is this is this. Uh... Is this stuff regulated, or are you guys, what are you doing here? Uh, sort of. Sort of? Jesus Christ, the spread on these is huge. Yeah, and that's the point. That's What's your name again? My, Jordan Belfort. Jordan, what do you get on a blue chip stock? I make 1%. Or I did make 1%. Pink sheets, it's 50 when they're saying spread, are they referring to the, the, uh, the, not the commission, they're referring to the percentage increase? Do you know, Tim? So when he says spread, yeah, what, what, he's, what he's talking about there is, you know, again, these companies are, are desperate to raise capital, desperate for funding. Um, so basically, there's a much higher commission paid on these stocks. So that's what obviously got Jordan interested here. 50%? 50% commission? Help. For what? It's our markup for our services. So if I if I if I sell a stock at ten thousand dollars, my commission is five thousand bucks. Hello, John. How are you doing today? You mailed in my company a postcard a few weeks back requesting information on penny stocks that had huge upside potential with very little downside risk. Does that ring a bell? Oh yeah, I may have said. Okay, great. Well, reason for the call today, John, is. Something just came across my desk, John. It is perhaps the best thing. So I've again, seen what they're life. doing here is this is this is what's called a you know a, a boiler room, and these are these are stocks that are that are paying to have to have these bucket shops, boiler rooms, or whatever sell their stock. So they're they're going to them saying, "I'll give you a hundred grand if you will sell a million dollars worth of my stock, or whatever the numbers are." They need to sell stock to fund their operations, to pay their employees, etc. So they'll go to this shady uh, operation, pay them $100,000 in quote-unquote marketing costs to get these guys to sell their stock. Then what this, again, I didn't catch the character's name, but the, the operator of this room is saying that if you sell 10,000 shares of that stock, 
I'll give you I'll give you five grand. Yeah, one of the really interesting things about this is Leonardo DiCaprio. He's he's literally targeting someone on the phone and saying, "Do you want this hot stock pick?" And the person on the phone doesn't know anything about the company. Has never done the research. Has no idea even what the company probably does. He's just listening to, to Leo's words. Or Jordan Balfour is, is is what is being played. But like from what I've learned from you and Sucksteed Pros, it's not like that. Yeah, I mean, what they're doing, you know, he's selling a six cent stock because people see stocks trading at a dollar, ten dollars, you know, a hundred dollars, and they think, wow, if this salesman's telling me this stock can spike, I may make six thousand, six hundred thousand percent on my money. And that's what leads to, again, so many failures in trading is is they they believe the story and they think this stock is going from six cents to sixty dollars. Now, we may trade uh, as day traders. We may trade a six cent stock, but we're only going to trade it from six to ten cents or something, or six to twelve cents yeah. for a twenty, thirty, forty, fifty percent gain because we're not going to believe and hold. And then ultimately, like all penny stocks, it'll fail and, and our hopes are crushed. But but the difference between it's not the difference between trading a six cent stock and a six dollar stock. The difference is whether you've done your research or whether Very you're just point. taking someone's pick. Yep. And you know, and again, that is that is the difference is is you need to have, you know, realistic expectations, okay? Maybe you need to be burned on buying a penny stock from the Wolf of Wall Street to to learn. I mean, again, going back to, you know, our friend Tim Sykes, he had a a, a great I think it was in Business Week article on the marijuana stocks. I mean, yeah. there were fortunes made and fortunes lost because unlike a, a wise and, and veteran day trader, people bought those marijuana stocks. They were up hundreds of thousands of dollars, and they gave it all back because they believed that they were going to work. Yeah. The stock trades over the counter at $0.10 cents a share. And by the way, John, our analysts indicate it could go a heck of a lot higher than that. Your profit on a mere six thousand dollar investment would be upwards of sixty thousand dollars. Jesus, that's my mortgage, man. Exactly, you could pay off your mortgage. So actually, that's ironic. Again, I haven't watched this movie in a couple of years, but my my numbers were very similar there. So, you know, he's selling. Could could the stock go that high? Sure. You know, will it? Most likely not. But that's the dream he is selling. And and what's ironic is you see all of these other salesmen you know, stopping and pausing and listen to Jordan. Because what Jordan has done here, I mean, these guys are all just, yeah, hey, it's penny stocks. They're all idiots. He's now taken the nomenclature and the, the slang and all of the terms from the blue chip stocks. So he's taken, remember back yeah. to the previous scene, they were selling Microsoft. He's now taken all of that language and all that term and turned it into using the Microsoft terms on this little one-shack garage tech firm. That's why they're all in awe. Which, which, you, can, which you can see if you were to see the movie live, but the, a cool point also is with a lot of these penny stocks, on, on stocks to trade, we can, uh, we can use the maps functionality and actually see where they are, where they exist, what, what the building premises that they exist on. Yeah, that's funny that you mentioned that because that was actually a feature I specifically requested in Stocks yeah. to Trade was the, was the Google Maps link because, yeah. man, when I – again, I will buy these stocks. I will go long these stocks. But if they're located in a pole barn in the middle <laughs> of a swamp in Florida, I want to know that. Yeah, yeah, to get a quick order short it, yeah, for sure. Exactly. <laughs> okay, let's do it. I'll do 4000 4, that would be 40,000 shares, John. Let me lock in that trade right now and get back to you with my secretary with an exact confirmation. Sound good, John? Yeah, good. Great. Hey, John, thank you for your vote of confidence, and welcome to the Investor Center. Yeah, thanks a lot, man. Thanks. Bye-bye. <laughs> just like that, I made two grand. The other guys looked at me like I just discovered fire. Because he's taken what, what he's done there is he's taken what, again, you know, I already kind of touched on this, but he's taken... The big, you know, the, you know, the, he's he's gone from the big bank, lost his job, and he's just replicated that same salesman process. But what he has now is a six cent stock, and now that guy who wouldn't buy four thousand shares of Microsoft, but can buy, 
you know, 4,000 shares or 40,000 shares, whatever the number was of this penny stock. And that's where people again, get in trouble. So again, let's go back to our, this air, air aerodyne or whatever the company was called. What these guys will do is they will find, you know, these stocks that, that are low price stocks that they can, they can pump and they will use that press release as basically fuel to get you excited. Okay. So again, if Aerodyne released some proposed new product, many times they're not even manufacturing yet. It's just a proposal. This stock pumper will, will use that as a way to kind of prove his case, I guess I would say. Yeah, I mean, they, they will put any kind of news. I mean, I've, I've worked in journalism. I've worked in public relations before. And I understand how it works. Like we, we will say, and, and I don't know, like kind of financial public relations, but I can guess it's probably worse because it, it's to manipulate stock prices. But they will say anything, especially penny stocks. They will say anything to to get the price up. Yep, yep. Because again, there, you know, and there's two sides of the coin. Remember, these companies, they, they. I mean, many of the many of them have good intentions, but they they need to stay in business. Okay, they're selling stock because again. They they have a maybe they have a good idea, but you know they need to make payroll, they need to pay rent, so they have good intentions. But it's the guys that yeah, Jordan, it's the Jordan Belforts that ruin it for everybody. <laughs> like for example, biotechs, like biotechnology companies, ultimately they want to cure diseases. But the fact exactly. of the matter is, they lose money doing research and need to raise money from shareholders to fund further uh, investments and research. They're not bad companies; they just need money. And yeah, unfortunately, yeah. I mean, you, you cannot, as far as I know, you know, you cannot create a, a disease curing drug for a couple hundred thousand yeah. dollars. I no. mean, you need millions, you need billions. And 99.5%, and I don't know, it's a random number, will we'll fail. But yeah. every now and then, one will make it big. Yeah, biotechs, one of the reasons we love biotechs is they're very tradable. But, um, yeah, the, the, it's a home run type business. You know, you, you, uh, you will fail 10 times and you get that one home run and, and it's worth it for them. So, so Tim, I mean, I, I feel a little bit sad because it's been such a good journey. It's been such a good ride of, um, I mean, we've had disagreements together, but we've kind of got along a little bit as well. And we've kind of learned from each other. But I mean, is this really the end? Is this the end, Tim? Is this the end of you and me? Is this the end of me and you is is it over well you know unfortunately i wish it was but <laughs> the simple truth is that this is just the end of season 1 um we've gone over a lot of great content really enjoyed working with it uh working through it with you guys but we are going to go on a brief break here um at end of season 1 episode 6 here we're going to go on hiatus for a couple weeks but we will be back in November, so keep an eye out. We've got a lot of great stuff planned. We've got some. We're going to review some books. I've got some uh, historical traders. I think everybody knows I'm a big reader and really want to go over a lot of that stuff in season two. And then we're going to continue on your trading education. That's our number one goal. No, and, and I'm super excited. I'm super excited to see where the market is in November, December, going into the kind of the new year when we, we see a lot of investors kind of, I think that's a good topic to cover. I think it's in season two, we can definitely have a couple of live interviews. We can maybe uh, talk to some of the more prominent up and coming traders uh, review some of the books, uh, such as, uh, what we were just saying the, I forgot and, the guys and you know, name. I tell you, one of the things I love about coming back in, you know, October, November, December is the end of the year is, is, you know, is really, you, you kind of go through what's called the summer lull, and then September starts ramping up, and then penny stocks, low price stocks, momentum stocks get very active into the end of the year, and and even into the beginning of the new year. So so it really is when you talk about low price stock season, we'll be back right in the middle of that. So that'll be exciting as well. Yeah. So I mean, I, I'd imagine there's there's going to be a lot 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 more education, a little bit more entertainment, some jokes, some laughs, some stories, but. I guess just some time, some more time spent with me and you, and you you helping me, and me help like you teaching me stock education, me teaching you how to be a bit more cool, a bit younger. <laughs> um, I guess I would like to revisit that. I, I you know, you do have a couple weeks. I think you need to hone your skills in that department for sure. Well, hello everybody, Stephen Johnson here. 
Just wanted to say thank you for listening to season one of the Steady Trade podcast. It was fun, right? And congratulations, season one contest winners. Nice job, guys. And don't worry, Tim and I will not be gone for very bloody long. We'll be back season two, starting on November 6th. And who knows, you might just hear a few dozen times or so before then as well. So keep your ears peeled. Don't even think that's possible. But if it is, you should. Or maybe you shouldn't. Because peeling your ears would hurt. But anyway, thanks again for all the comments, the survey responses and the positive energy. And those goddamn supporting vibes. As always, keep it steady. Hi, this is Donna from New York, and I like to listen to Stephen and Tim on the Steady Trade podcast. You can register to win real prizes at their website, steadytrade.com. And if you really like what you hear, give the podcast a five-star rating and write a glowing review on iTunes. I did, and this is how we say goodbye in New York. You're fired. 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 You're